It's Follow the Herd with Matt Cain and Connor Wood on VIC Radio Ithaca. Welcome back to Follow the Herd on VIC Radio. It's been a while. Uh, obviously, we've had a week, um, a little week break. Um, but, Connor, I'm excited to be back, aren't you? Happy to be back in the studio. You know, we have a great, great football-oriented show here. Uh, it's really a great week for football overall with the draft on Thursday. But, yeah, uh, just happy to be here. Happy to have good weather outside. Uh, nearing the end of the semester here in Ithaca. Like Connor said, the NFL draft is Thursday. So today we decided we would go through our entire first-round mock draft with the 32 picks. Might as well we start off first pick, Jacksonville Jaguars. This is easy. It's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence to Clemson is my mock draft. Yeah, obviously it's got to be Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, you know. Um, He was recently married, and Jacksonville gave him a bunch of wedding gifts. They sent him money, different things, and then he uh, donated $50,000 to charities in Jacksonville and said, hope to be a part of your community soon. He knows he's the number one overall pick. All 32 teams in the NFL know he's the number one overall pick. Now it's just time to make it official on Thursday. Supposedly he has the playbook already, but uh, um, moving to the next pick, the New York Jets. This is easy, too. Zach Wilson. Nope. Got to go Zach Wilson out of BYU. I think he can be the guy to uh, turn around the Jets, and he, he has the face for New York. I think he has the attitude for New York. Now it's just ready for him to succeed in New York. Obviously, his his arm. I'm I'm a huge fan of his. I've been on the the Zach Wilson hype train since it started in November, October ish. Uh, third pick. This is honestly where the draft kind of gets started. Third pick. I got Mac Jones, Alabama. Supposedly, the 49ers already know who they're going with. I saw that news today. They 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 know their pick. They know their guy. I think it's going to be Mac Jones just because of Shanahan's system and, and how he fits there. And they were they were in the Super Bowl two years ago, so I don't know I don't understand why uh, you want to get another a different type of flashy guy there. Yeah, you know I'm going to agree with Matt here and go Mac Jones. And you know there may be better quarterbacks on the board in Trey Lance and Justin Fields, but uh, as Matt alluded to, the the system that Shanahan runs there. I just think Mac Jones fits it the best. And, you know, people are going to say if they do take Mac Jones at 3, could have gotten him at 12, could have traded up less spots to get him. Um, but, you know, they wanted their guy. They they knew he would be there at 3. So San Francisco moved up, and they're going to take Mac Jones with the third overall pick. I can totally see them not I could see them not taking Mac Jones and just being like a, a, a false rumor because they've had their false rumors before but yeah like I said I think Mac fits there fourth pick this is the most challenging pick in my opinion Atlanta Falcons hold that fourth pick I have them going with Kyle Pitts now if you asked me a week ago or two weeks ago I would have said the Patriots trade in which obviously a team can definitely trade in I could see the Falcons trading back they already had rumors like that but I think at the end of the day they're going to hold this fourth pick. It's it's the fourth pick, and you're getting a guy like Kyle Pitts, who is just an absolute athletic beast who can honestly play wide receiver for you, and Julio Jones's days are, are coming to an end. I'm going to disagree here. Um, I think the Falcons, Matt, Matt Ryan is still a very good quarterback in the NFL. I think his days are almost over. Um, so I'm going to go Justin Fields here at the fourth overall pick out of Ohio State. And, you know, um, his draft stock may have dropped this past week. I know there were reports of him coming out and telling NFL teams that he has struggled with epilepsy his entire life. And, you know, teams aren't going to want to take on a quarterback who has the uh, the risk of having seizures or anything along that. But 
I think Atlanta, with a new coach, with a new system, is going to want a new quarterback in there that they can run with Julio Jones to finish his days off and Calvin Ridley, who's really emerging as a top star in the in the NFL. And I think Justin Fields has the arm to be able to hit those speed receivers down the field in Atlanta. See, it just it just makes no sense for me why they take a quarterback. Matt Ryan is he's obviously he was the highest paid quarterback before I think Aaron Rodgers was right after him um, to get the highest paid. And obviously now it, it's Patrick Mahomes, but he was the highest paid then. He's got a lot of cash straps, uh strapped to him. I mean, you and he's he's there for till twenty twenty three. His contract ends. The thing about Julio Jones, I'm pretty sure the guy's contract ends after this year, or it's close enough. Um, I, I just I don't see them giving up on Matt Ryan yet. He's not he's not the that old of a quarterback. Um, but any any final on Atlanta? To, no, I, I we we could talk more about your your point there as we get later on in the draft. Just because I, I I have a feeling I know where one of your picks are, and I have a similar uh, opinion on that pick. But we can move on to the fifth overall pick, who is held by the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Matt, I guess we'll throw it to you here. Are they going protection or are they going for the uh the connection? Connection. You you can take protection later. I think that this draft has got while it has a lot of wide receivers and it, I think it has a lot of offensive linemen too. And when you could get a guy like Jamar Chase who was absolute who was an absolute stud with Joe Burrow two years ago on that that LSU offense, I think you, you have to do it. And maybe it, it, Obviously, obviously, the smart choice is taking Sewell. I'm, I, I'm aware of that, but I think that when it when it comes to a connection like this, uh, you can't pass up on it. I have to disagree with Matt again. Um, if the Bengals take Jamar Chase at the fifth overall pick, they're making no strides for improvement. And and I know that it's a connection that Joe Burrow has had in the past, but but we can't have Joe Burrow sitting out eight weeks at the end of every season because he's hurt. I mean, the pocket collapsed on him day in and day out, and you're going to have young guys like Chase Young or Nick Bosa or or guys who are coming into the league now like um, Gregory Rousseau, Jason Owa, like, a, a lot of edge rushers who are coming in who are going to be able to take advantage of that. And Cincinnati, they need the offensive line help. They need it so bad. So while Jamar Chase might be that flashy pick here at the fifth overall pick, the Bengals would be making the wrong pick if they took Jamar Chase. I think Panay Sewell has to be the pick at five if the Bengals want any strides toward a positive record, towards a positive career for Joe Burrow in the near future. Moving to the sixth overall pick, the Miami Dolphins traded back from three, and then they ended up getting six. We talked about that a few, probably a month ago. Um, but I have Panay Sewell going here. It's an obvious choice. I have Jamar Chase going here. I, I, I think that they believe in Tua still. You know, it was his first year. He had a little bit of an up-and-down year there. But now Fitzpatrick is gone. He's in Washington. So now, I mean, all eyes are on Tua time in, in Miami. And I think they're going to try to look to get him a number one receiver there. And I just think Jamar Chase, a big physical receiver, would fit really well down there in Miami with uh, Brian Flores. I think I think that this trade can go multiple different ways. It could go Miami takes Sewell because, you know, Chase is gone. Or, like you said, they take Chase. Or they could trade down. I, I think the Broncos might be might be a contender to trade up here. Um, but Miami's got a lot of options moving forward. Detroit at 7, they have to go wide receiver. There's no other option, in my opinion. I 
t- take Jared Goff, roll with him. You traded for him, and I got them taking Devonta Smith. It's between Smith and Waddle, and I just think Smith had that Heisman year. I think that's what what's compelling about him. But they could totally go Waddle. I would agree with Matt here with the Devonta Smith pick. And, you know, Devonta Smith with the Heisman last year, I don't think that means that he's the better receiver between him and Jalen Waddle. I think Jalen Waddle is definitely the better NFL receiver. Um, in comparison, Devonta Smith is really small. He does he is not very um, built. And, you know, I saw a stat uh, a couple weeks ago. There's only one receiver under, like, 160 pounds who is – had more than 50 catches in a season, and it was uh, Marquise Brown last year for the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, and that's it. So, I, you know, I'm concerned about Devonta Smith being an NFL quarter or an NFL wide receiver, but but I think he is the pick at seven because they're going to look to have a fast guy who's able to get down the sideline to show off Jared Goff's arm. Moving to pick number eight, I I have Connor. You can go first because I got a um, a trade to announce. So you could just. Do your pick first. Okay. Well, I'm going to go Kyle Pitts here. And and the reason for that is adding Sam Donald to that offense. And then you have Robbie Anderson on the outside. You have DJ Moore, who's arguably a top 20 wide receiver in the NFL. You have Christian McCaffrey, who's easily a top five running back in the NFL. You can make a case for top three when he's healthy. You add another target to that offense. It's something Sam Donald has never dealt with before in his career. Um, having targets. I think reuniting him with Robbie Anderson is going to be huge for him. I think having a viable running back behind him is going to be huge for him. You add a big target in Kyle Pitts there, Sam Darnold's going to have success. And and I think that's all it has to be. I think if Carolina wants success, they need a target here, and I think that target has to be Kyle Pitts. So I have a trade to announce. And the reason why I'm doing this trade is because Carolina's already been rumored to trade back. They've already showed interest in that. And there's two guys that aren't on the board. Penny Sewell, who I think that they would easily go with. You cannot, if he was on the board, they would easily go with him. And, like you said, Kyle Pitts, who unfortunately isn't on the board for me. So I don't think Micah Parsons, even though that they could use a linebacker, I don't think Micah Parsons is the right pick here. I think he's going to fall in the draft, and we'll see where he lands in mine. But I got them... Trading with the Washington football team, and Washington goes up to get their quarterback number one, and it's it quarterback number number two probably going to sit behind Fitzpatrick, and it's not Justin Fields, it's actually Trey Lance, and the reason why I think this is because Trey Lance is, in my opinion, he he has more potential. I mean, we look what he did at North Dakota State for his freshman freshman year, sophomore year, for one year that was fantastic, uh, not throwing an interception. But we've seen what he did, and I think Washington's going to want to get up, get up there, get their guy, uh, get their future, and, and have him sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, Taylor Heineke, great playoff game against Tampa Bay. He threw more yards than Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees um, against Tampa. But you know, I, I don't, I don't see him as a future piece. I think you know, with with the, with the quarterbacks like this, you're going to have to trade up because they, I think, own the 19th pick, 20. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have to trade up if they want their guy, and I think that Ron Rivera is going to really, really want to trade up to get to get a new quarterback. I think this could definitely be a trade that happens. You know, I think we're we're destined to have at least one um, draft day trade in the first round. I mean, there is so much talent in this first round as we will continue going through here in just a second. But there is just so much talent. So many teams are going to want to get their stab at. Um, their guy that they want, their top guy on the draft board. And for teams, it's a lot of different different names at the top of the draft board. But, you know, te- teams are 
Teams are hungry. A lot of very good prospects in this year's draft, and teams want their guys. We can move to the ninth pick. Uh, Denver Broncos hold that pick, Matt. See, I think Denver can. I think Denver can definitely trade up, like I said. But in this case, I don't think they do trade up because there's a quarterback that falls to him, and it's a good enough quarterback in Justin Fields. Obviously, for you, he was your fourth pick. He's going to fall away to nine. I think. Uh, I think, you know, potentially he could be a really good quarterback. Uh, I just don't don't think uh, his potential is as high as um, Lance, but. Nonetheless, Denver is getting a, a good quarterback to, to go into their system and play with some really good wide receivers. Maybe Fields would be a guy who would start earlier than uh, a Lance. You know, I have to go back to your argument for Atlanta and saying that Matt Ryan is still a viable quarterback in the NFL. I mean, Drew Locke has shown a lot of promise through his first couple of years as a quarterback in Denver. I don't think so. I really don't. I, I think Drew Locke has shown a lot of promise. I, I think John Elway can believe in Drew Locke to be a good quarterback in their inventor. And you know, Denver has had really bad luck with quarterbacks in the past, really since they had Peyton Manning. You know, it's been Trevor Semyon. It's been Paxton Lynch. It's been been all these different names that are really just one and done in Denver. But I I think Drew Locke has serious potential and I don't think Denver is ready to give up on that and I think they're trying to add a piece here at the ninth overall pick to help Drew Locke in the offense and that's Rashawn Slater the offensive lineman out of Northwestern um, give a good lineman there who's able to protect for Drew Locke and for their running back and Todd Gurley um, and just can or no not Todd Gurley Melvin Gordon excuse me and just uh, keep that offense moving they have to go with the quarterback. Drew Locke is awful. He's so bad. He went six. He threw fifteen interceptions and sixteen touchdowns last year. He had promise in his first year with like eight games, but I just I th- I think he's not a good quarterback. He's he was bottom five starting quarterbacks to be honest. I think he has potential. I think he can be a good quarterback. Uh, moving to the tenth overall pick, Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, you know. Pitts falls here, they're going to take it, but I don't think he would at all. So I got Patrick Sertain. Um, they really struggled last year cornerback-wise, and I think that bringing in a guy like Patrick uh, can really help their defense. When when they need help on their defense, their offense is totally fine with, with that coming back. Yeah, I think they have to fill their cornerback uh, need here. I mean, that defense was just absolutely abysmal last year all season. I mean, through the first four games, Dak Prescott had over 1,500 yards. That offense was putting up record numbers because they had just had to match the opposing offense because their Dallas defense was just really bad. Um, so, yeah, they need to fulfill their defense here, and Patrick Sertan is the number one defender on the board. Um, so it's got to be Patrick Sertan. And, and quite possibly Diggs um, can get better. Uh, Diggs is their other cornerback. He could get better, but I think that um, if Dallas wants to become a you know, a really real contender, especially in the NFC East, where that's kind of a toss-up between three teams, in my opinion. They're going to need to go with a def- that defensive piece here from Alabama. But we're 16 minutes in. We're 10. We're also 10 picks in. So we're going to catch a break quickly, and we're going to power through the rest of these picks with the Giants, Eagles, and Chargers coming up. Love listening to all kinds of music? Get your fix of pop, rock, and alternative finds on The Mix. From chart toppers to garage bands and everything in between. Tune in Fridays 6 to 8 p.m. for The Mix. Only on The Vic. 
FBIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Welcome back to Follow the Herd on VIC Radio. We're back with a mock draft. We went through 10 picks. Just did Patrick Sertin, Alabama, two Dallas Cowboys. Now we got the Giants up. This is, I mean, NFC East galore right here. Dallas, New York to Philly. The Giants here, I think Micah Parsons fell this far. I think you got to take him. Especially, they need edge. And I think uh, they could go offensive line totally here. But I think you got Andrew. They drafted Thomas last year. Um, didn't have the ideal year, but still, he's st- still a draftee. Um, and then they obviously got their wide receiver in Kenny Galladay. And Supposedly, they need a running back, I guess, but Saquon is there. Um, they did lose Goldman, but still, nonetheless, Micah Parsons, Penn State. I do have to go Micah Parsons here as well. And, you know, Dave Gettleman, I think he'll be the one to take the shot at the uh, the raw defensive prospect. You know, Micah Parsons at Penn State, he can't cover really well. Um, he lacks explosiveness off the edge, but he is an absolutely incredible, just physical talent, a huge body on the field who, if... If trained well and and put in the right system, can be really really good in the NFL, and and I think I think the Giants can provide that system for him. You know they they brought back Leonard Williams, um, a guy right there in the middle of the line, and you know I I just think the Giants are going to keep getting better, and and I think adding Micah Parsons to the defense, um, will will do a lot of great things for them. So yeah, Michael Parsons here at eleven. Moving to their division rival, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Eagles need a lot. It's so tough to say what they totally need. But I got them going with Jalen Waddle here, the wide receiver from Alabama. It, he's falling this far. You have to take him. Um, but they can totally use a cornerback or even an offensive line or quite possibly a, a quarterback. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts there. Um, but they did bring in Joe Flacco, so I don't think a quarterback is in there. Uh, idea is is an idea for them this draft, but Jalen Waddle here. Yep, I'm going to agree and go Jalen Waddle as well. Similar to Matt, he fell this far. It's it's time for him to get taken off the board. And you know, if they're going to believe in Jalen Hurts, we talked about connections with the fifth overall pick with uh, Cincinnati and Jamar Chase. Matt did so. I think um, having that connection between Jalen Hurts and Jalen Waddle would be would be huge there in Philadelphia if they wanted to succeed. Moving to. L.A. with the sun shining, Justin Herbert, their franchise guy. I'm I'm sold on him. Uh, rookie of the year, of course. They're with the 13th pick. I have them taking Rayshon Slater, Northwestern. Of course, Connor, that was your Denver pick, right? Yes. Okay, so he's obviously not going to take it. Uh, I think Chargers need that offensive line help. They, they need to go full force with their offense, with uh, – Herbert there, so I, I think they're gonna, and they got Corey Lindsley, which is one of the best centers in the league, and you know I, I love Corey uh, with his career, with his tenure at the Packers, um, but you know you can't hurt get another offensive line. Yeah, you know I mean I think the biggest thing about the Chargers is they're they are a darn good football team, and the amount of games that they've lost by one possession or less is unacceptable in the NFL. So I think 
that it has to be a defensive pick here. They have to try to solidify to be able to give their offense chances to just score and get themselves in the lead to stay. So I think I think they go with the second-best cornerback right now on the board here, and I think that's J.C. Horn out of uh, the University of South Carolina. I think he's a really good guy that you can have in your uh, defensive backfield. And uh, he's a ball hawk. He's able to get a hand on a ball. He's able to make these interceptions. He's able to return them. He's able to make plays. And I think that's what the Chargers need on their defense. Over to Minnesota. Um, I have them taking the guard from USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. I think they need guard help really bad. I think more than, definitely more than tackle uh, because they, they lacked a, a good guard last year. And Minnesota, honestly, can I can see them going somewhere else here. But, uh, but no, I got Vera Tucker. I have them going offensive line as well, but it is not Elijah Vera Tucker. It is Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech. He is a tackle. Um, they, they they need guys. They need guys on the line. I, I wouldn't be opposed to the Elijah Vera Tucker pick here as well. They just need guys. You know, Dalvin Cook had an incredible season last year, and he did that largely without an offensive line. You give him offensive line help, and I mean, we might see incredible numbers. We might start seeing some Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson in his prime numbers from Dalvin Cook if he has a good line there. So I think it has to be offensive line, and I think it's Christian Darisaw. 15, close to halfway through the draft. We got the New England Patriots. Connor, please don't tell me this is Trey Lance. With the 15th overall pick in the NFL draft, the New England Patriots will select Trey Lance from North Dakota State. You're setting them up for another franchise. But you know, and Bill Belichick, you know he he takes advantage of, of things that he's given. And and I think Trey Lance is going to fall. I really do. I know you you I have don't. him. I, I think that someone's going to trade up. You have him someone's going at eight. Bound to but, trade up. But you know, I think the biggest thing with Trey Lance is he has so much talent. But the the lack of experience that he has. I mean, he played one season of college football, and while that season he didn't throw an interception, and he had over thirty touchdowns. You know, still a lack of experience. And I think he's going to fall in the draft. I, I would that would that mean that he's the the fifth best quarterback, I think, on the board? Absolutely not. But I just think that the the lack of experience of in-game college football is going to make him drop, and and Bill Belichick is going to take advantage of that and pick him with the 15th overall pick. And, you know, he's not in a position to start right away. Cam Newton still was re-signed there. Um, but Trey Lance to New England, trying to start another dynasty. I'm telling you right now, a quarterback's not falling at 15. There's going to be someone to trade up, even if it's New England, to uh, a spot. And I think 14 would be the lowest that a quarterback would be drafted. I honestly wouldn't be opposed to Minnesota taking Trey Lance. That would probably be my worst nightmare because I think Trey Lance is a fantastic quarterback. But uh, but no, I think, I think Connor, you're setting them up. Are you, are, you a, are you a Patriots fan? No, of course I'm not a Patriots <laughs> fan. You know I'm a Jets fan, but you know... We we come on here and we put together an unbiased show, an unbiased mock draft, and I just think if Trey Lance is on the board there at 15, which is how my mock draft worked out, Bill Belichick isn't isn't going to pass that up. I'm just messing with you. Um, I got J.C. Horn here, South Carolina. You already you already talked about him, uh, the second best cornerback in the draft. Um, moving to Arizona, now we're halfway through the draft, 16th pick. Arizona just they got J.J. Watt this off season, so that's a plus. But they also are in a packed NFC West. With that being said, I got them taking Caleb Farley. Now I've seen a bunch of rumors or news that Caleb Farley will 
some supposedly fall all the way to the Packers. Not going to happen. Um, Farley did have the back injuries, but uh, but I think he's a guy that you're not going to pass up, especially because they need a cornerback. Patrick Peterson just left to go to Minnesota, so they're going to need someone to fill, especially with with that guy's shoes. I am with Caleb Farley at the 16th pick as well. You know, the back injuries, stuff like that, it hurt him. If he wasn't injured, he would probably be at 13 instead of J.C. Horn. Um, but I don't, I don't think so. I think regardless, he's here. I, I, I just think Caleb Farley um, has the talent not to pass up. And you know, this, this could wind up like a situation from 2013 where the Jets took D. Milner with the ninth overall pick after just getting a rod placed in his leg, and he plays three career NFL games, and then is done. But I think Caleb Farley is extra mentally better than those of D. Milner who have come back from injuries. So I think Caleb Farley is a good pick here at 16 for Arizona. Where did Dean Milner go to college, you know? He was at Alabama. Oh, geez. Um, all right. 17th, the Vegas Raiders. Supposedly they're in for a quarterback. Could happen. Um, but I, I don't think they will. Obviously, that would have to be a trade-up. No way a quarterback's falling all the way over down there. But I have them taking Christian Derisaw, two Virginia Techs in a row. Obviously, Connor, you had Derisaw, um To Minnesota. Yes, yeah, so it's not going to be the same. But I think they're... The, they literally threw away all their offensive linemen, so might as well draft a younger guy to fill all those shoes. So Darisaw's there for me. I'm going to go with the safety from TCU, Trevon Morig. Um, 17th overall pick here for the Vegas Raiders. You know, they need defense help. A lot of these teams need defense help. The NFL is becoming such an offense-happy league where teams are being able to put up 40-plus points on a, every any given Sunday. So, you know, also credit to a great movie there, Any Given Sunday. Um, I think Trevon Morig has to be the pick here for Vegas if they want to continue to get better. You know, they're a good team. They have the 17th overall pick. What did they finish? 8-8 eight and eight last year? I, I, I think they can continue to get better. Um, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Just got to put a better team around him, and I think Trevon Morig on the defense will do that. Finally, we're at 18. We finally see the first team to have two picks. Um, we see the Miami Dolphins, who own this pick because it's their pick. Obviously, the the one that they owned before was uh, via Philadelphia, and then they got, you know... Totally it was via Houston originally. Yeah, the third pick was via yeah. Houston, and then that, that whole uh, trade. But nonetheless, Miami, I, I was torn between this pick, but I, I have them going Najee Harris. I, I really do, and it's it pains me to say a running back is going at 18. But I think... It's all about connections, and I think they they obviously wanted a running back earlier. They're getting Penny Sewell in my, my mock draft, and they wanted a running back this offseason with Aaron Jones, and I think Najee Harris is that guy who you could lock up for five years and have really great success. I think Najee is the best running back in this class 100%. While, while it is a deep running back class, I think they're going to have to take Najee because there's a, there's a team on the board who's looking at Najee later. So I think it's it's Najee or go home, and I got him going with Najee. No chance a running back is going at the 18th overall pick. I, I, it's too I'm early. You, I'm telling it's you, It's too early. Watch. It is way too early in this it, draft it, it, for one it, of the running backs to fall. It, it was way too late for Trey Lance to fall at 15. It is way too early for, for Najee Harris to be picked at 18. I understand you're going all about the connections with your, your mock drafts, I, I, sort of. But I, I totally think it can happen. 
I think Brian Flores goes out and he gets himself a dog for his defense. He gets himself a guy who plays with such a fire every time that ball is snapped. And that is Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. He is an incredible edge rusher, you know. Falling to 18, I would say. I think he could get picked higher in the draft than okay. 18. Okay, no, no, no. I think he can. No, Quiddy Pay. I got Quiddy Pay very later in my draft. Quiddy Pay is an incredible edge rusher. He, he is. I just don't think that he uh, is going to be a, taken that high. I Brian just... Flores is all about his defense. We know that. Over the past two years, we've seen how good that Miami defense is. He's going to want to add another defensive guy to that guy or to that um, part of the ball. After he's getting Jamar Chase with the sixth overall pick, they're going to go offense, defense. It's Quiddy Pay from Michigan. I, 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 like I said, I, I think that the the plan, the objective of this whole draft is to make Tua Tagovailoa more comfortable in in that pocket, in that system, whatever. And, and their their defense was a very good defense last year. Now, obviously, we've seen defenses not be able to duplicate what they did uh, last, you know, like years before, but. I think you you have to make Tua happy, and I think Najee would definitely do that, and it would take pressure off Tua too. I mean, obviously, my Miami hasn't had a um, Miami hasn't had a good running back lately, and they obviously were looking for one. So Najee there, you, we'll we'll just we'll see where we'll see. It, it pained me to put him there, to be honest. I I will start off here with the 19th overall pick because you had a trade for this pick. This is where you now have Carolina currently sitting. Um, I have Washington going Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa out of Notre Dame. A really good linebacker there to uh, fit in need with Washington. You know, really good defensive guy there for them to fit into their defense. So yeah, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa out of Notre Dame for Washington with 19th overall pick. Uh, hey, I got the, I got the same guy, but not the same team. Um, Luke Keekley left two years ago. He retired, and obviously there's been a hole there. They still have Brian Burns, which is a great athlete, but still a hole there, and I think Jeremiah being uh, at the board right there, I think it, it's, it's a fine pick uh, for Carolina. Moving to 20th, Chicago. Um, I got them going with Rashawn. Rashad Bateman, and that kills me because I really like Rashad Bateman. This is this is where I have Elijah Vera Tucker going. I think Chicago they need the offensive line. You know they have they now have um, who's their quarterback now? They're Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton uh, the Red Bullet. So I think they're going to need uh, a really good offensive line there. And I think Elijah Vera Tucker his fall in on night one ends here, and he goes to Chicago. I think Chicago need Chicago needs to prepare for post Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney is not a wide receiver one right now. Darnell Mooney is an incredible athlete. He's not a wide receiver number one though. Not currently. Yeah, no. I and, think and if you give him more time, him. he absolutely can be. But you also need a wide receiver number two. I mean, Rashad Bateman isn't stepping in and being a wide receiver number one after Allen Robinson leaves next year. Why? Why not? I, I, I don't think he has that potential to. He's the best route runner in the he's one of the best route runners. I don't know if I'd say he's better than uh one of the three top guys, but he, he's a fantastic route runner. I don't think he has the potential to go in and be a number one guy on an offense. Uh, he I really like the guy. Like he's I, one absolutely. of my favorite wide receivers. I, I think he's a draft. very good wide receiver. I don't think he's a number one one a number one guy. 
He's not right now. I'm saying, like, post Allen Robinson, which will be next year. And we saw, you know, a guy like Justin Jefferson who last year had a breakout year. And I would consider him a wide receiver number one going into Minnesota. Totally can happen. It's it's not like it's it's not like I'm just talking ballistic right now. I I completely understand. I I don't know. I I would I would have to argue your point there. But we can we can move on. We're at the one thirty point here. I think we'll catch a quick break and then we'll have our final twelve picks of the draft. We're going to have Indianapolis, Tennessee, and the Jets coming up next. Stay with us here on VIC Radio. As the midterms roll by and the tests and quizzes pile up by the day, if you feel like you're a little in over your head, consider finding yourself a free tutor at the ithaca.edu slash tutoring page online, getting yourself matched up with someone in whatever classes you need, and working out times that fit around your schedule so that you can focus on your schoolwork. I would do anything for love, like catch a grenade, jump in front of a train, watch The Bachelor, slaying a fire-breathing dragon, or tuning in to Nothing But Love on VIC Radio, Tuesdays, 11 to midnight. Welcome back to Follow the Herd here on VIC Radio. Back with the NFL Mock Draft, we just did Chicago. I had Bateman, Connor had Vera Tucker. Now continuing this, I, I have another trade, uh, my second one of the day. Connor, so might as well you go first. So I'm going to go with the 21st overall pick, the Indianapolis Colts take Jason Owa, another guy on the defensive side of the ball from Penn State. Um, another really good linebacker can fulfill a need that Indianapolis has. Um, you know, Indianapolis has always had a pretty aging defense, so I think getting a young guy there on the uh, the edge or the outside backer position will be good for them in the long run. I got a trade. So my trade is the 21, who is the Indianapolis Colts. They trade that pick to the Green Bay Packers, and Green Bay trades, obviously, their first-round pick. And, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole breakdown. There's obviously going to be other picks in that trade. And here's the reason why. Green Bay has been so aggressive, especially with their, uh, you know, relatively new GM, um, Brian. I don't want to pronounce his last name. It's like Gutenkust. I think that's how you pronounce it. But Brian Gutenkust, he's been so aggressive. We saw last year going with Jordan Love. We saw a couple years before going uh, trading up for Jair Alexander, or was it trading down? I don't know. The, he he's been he's been a very active guy trading, especially in the first round. And I think um, I think this can be two ways. So I think they could trade into twenty one with the idea to draft Bateman, and then obviously the Bears want to ruin another thing. You know, like because supposedly Jefferson they wanted Jefferson last year before they drafted Love. But the Vikings ruined that, so thank you, Minnesota. Um, but I think that they go here, and they they like a they really like another guy, and that's going to be the guy going across from Jair Alexander. They need another cornerback because Kevin King just ain't it, um, and that's Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Newsom is a fantastic cornerback. He honestly could be one of the better ones in this draft, and I think that Green Bay has really got his eye on him, and they're going to pull that trade. And I think. I think necessarily the Colts don't really need a pick here. Like I think that they get trade down. I think it, nothing truly, truly, truly needed. Um, but yeah, I got Green Bay training up for Newsom. Moving on to the twenty-second overall pick held by the Tennessee Titans. This is where I have Rashad Bateman going is to Tennessee. They have to fill that need that uh, Corey Davis had. He left to go to the New York Jets. And, you know, I think Rashad Bateman, as I as I argued for, I don't think he's a number one receiver. Obviously, the A.J. Brown is the number one guy there in Tennessee. Rashad Bateman will be an 
excellent number two guy there in Tennessee for Ryan Tannehill. Um, so, yeah, Rashad Bateman there at 22. I'm just clarifying. I never said Bateman was a wide receiver one now. I, I And I understand your point. I, I do. I just... It's it's hard for me to picture him at a, as a one, number one receiver moving forward within the next three to four years. I don't know. I, I think his truly, 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 truly highest ceiling is like a Devontae Adams, just with his route running and uh, his his wide receiver IQ there. But nonetheless, Tennessee, not necessarily a truly big need, but I think that they're going to have to go with an edge here. And I got Jalen Phillips out of Miami, truly a great pass rusher. And I think with Jadavian Clowney leaving, obviously going to the Browns, uh, they got an open hole there. I I think if the Packers didn't take Newsome, they would take Newsome here. Um, but no, I got Jalen Phillips because they really need cornerback help too. I just don't think there's a viable cornerback to take this early. Uh, moving to the Jets. The Jets, Jets, Jets. We have them taking Zach Wilson first. Connor, I'll let you go first. This is where I have Greg Newsome going. The Jets have a huge corner. Oh yeah, no need. way he, no way Tennessee doesn't take Greg Newsome. Tennessee needs a receiver. They need that other guy. They don't have anyone. They, they lost Adam Humphreys. They lost Jonu Smith. They only have AJ Brown. They need another guy have, on the outside. They have Josh Reynolds, and they also can get a Josh, Josh Reynolds? Reynolds. Are you saying Josh Reynolds is not like a? viable wide receiver too. He absolutely is viable. I wouldn't call him a wide receiver too. Maybe wide receiver three. They, I just they I, need a guy on the outside there. Yeah, and then that's when Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore come into play in the second round. Uh, but you know that's not we're we're getting off topic. I, I just think because they lost Butler and Adoree Jackson too. But we're getting off topic. The Jets go Greg Newsom here. They have a huge cornerback need. Um, you know, we saw it against the Raiders. They had a chance to get their number one win, and the cornerbacks broke down. Obviously, really bad play call by Greg Williams, the former defensive coordinator there. But cornerback is a need for the Jets, and I think they grabbed Greg Newsom. I have them grabbing Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Uh, I think, you know, you got Zach Wilson coming in. You want to keep him all. You want to keep him all pretty. You want to keep him all nice. Uh, don't want to have Joe Burrow again. So I think uh, getting a tackle. Obviously, Beckton is fantastic. And I know you love him, Connor, but I just think getting another tackle can really help uh, bolster your offensive line for Zach. Um, 24, Pittsburgh. See, this is where I think Najee Harris can definitely land if he doesn't get picked by Miami, which is totally probably possible. Um, so I, I have them grabbing Travis Etienne. I think they need a running back, especially because I don't trust Big Ben and uh, there, and I don't think Dwayne Haskins is any good if they want to throw him at a quarterback. So they're going to need to focus on some other part of the ball. Um, and James Conner just was so bad at the end of the year. You saw their offense. They just couldn't do anything at all. So I think that getting a guy like Travis Etienne, who I think has a truly high ceiling um, of an Alvin Kamara type of player. Yeah, I'm going to agree and go Travis Etienne here at the number 24th overall pick. Um I, I think he's the only running back selected in the first round. I don't think Najee gets picked in the first round, but I think Travis Etienne just has the highest ceiling. I think he'll fit Pittsburgh the best. So they go Travis Etienne. Jacksonville at 25. They pick Trevor Lawrence. They have their this pick from the Los Angeles Rams in that Jalen Ramsey trade. Uh, I got them going with Trevon Mowring from TCU. You had the you had him Mowring going to um, the Raiders. I think that this is a truly great pick for the Jaguars if he, he's fallen this this far and the Jaguars can really need safety help they also need a tight end help but I just don't think a tight end is worth it at this position at this point 
Yeah, I've got Christian Barrymore here, really good defensive tackle from Alabama. Um, a huge need for Jacksonville just to get another big body on that off or on that defensive line rather. So Christian Barrymore at twenty five. Christian Barrymore at twenty six to the Browns for me. I think um, getting a defensive tackle is what they're going to need. Obviously, they got Clowney, so they don't really need an edge or uh, an edge guy. Um, so I think Barrymore to to fit that defensive tackle. That's a truly great defensive line uh, over in Cleveland and also they were looking for uh, J.J. Watt over this offseason so I think that getting Barrymore would totally make sense in this case. I'm going to go with a raw talent here at number 26 for Cleveland and you know he's fallen in the draft. He opened up his college campaign uh, last year being a projected top 10 overall pick and then he's really fallen. A lot of people are saying he won't even be a first round pick. I think Cleveland takes the chance on Gregory Rousseau here at number 26 out of Miami. Um, again, really good for that defensive edge. Line him up across from Miles Garrett. He's really fast. He's really agile. He's a freak of an athlete and I think he can be really good in Cleveland if he's if he's trained well. Similar to what I said about Michael Parsons at 11. If he's trained well and if he's put in the right system, he can succeed. I think that's how Rousseau will be in Cleveland. Going over to AFC North division rival, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they did acquire that 31, uh, 31st pick from Kansas City, but we're not talking about that pick just yet. This is the 27th. Connor, who do you think they're going to take? I'm going to go with the guy who raised his draft stock the most out of anybody through pro days, and that is the wide receiver out of Purdue, Rondell Moore. He had an absolutely incredible pro day for Purdue, showed his speed, showed his quickness, showed his hands, showed his jumping ability, showed how good of an athlete he is, and Baltimore is looking for another great receiver there. Rondell Moore out of Purdue is their guy at 27. I think he's falling in the second round. Uh, how tall is he? 5'9", five, uh, five I want to say. 5'10". Very short guy, which is, you know, I'm not, not, you know, just saying that, but I don't think they, they're going to want a guy like that, especially having Marquise Brown, too. Um, Rondell Moore is 5'9". Yeah, so Rondell Moore is a great athlete. I really hope that the Packers can land him in the second round, but I'm not going with him here. I'm going with an edge rusher, Aziz Ojulari from Georgia. Uh, They're going to want a a true, true pass rusher here, Um, and I think that the Ravens always are about their defense. They've always been. And, you know, quite possibly maybe they shouldn't be with Lamar Jackson on the other side of the field. But, um, they, you know, losing Matthew Judon to the Patriots, that's an edge rusher. They lost uh, Ngakwe. You know, they they barely had him, but they still lost him last year. That's an edge rusher. So I think this makes totally so, so much sense getting an edge rusher, especially with the 31st pick, too. You can totally take a guy there. 28th overall pick now. Um, New Orleans Saints, I was so tempted to put a quarterback here. I think they need him. And a, a quarterback who I'm talking about is Davis Mills out of Stanford. He is not the pick here, but I think I think he can be a good day two pick. I have Jalen Phillips out of the University of Miami going here to uh, New Orleans. A little bit later in the draft than Matt had him, but I think he can fit really well in New Orleans defense. Yeah, I don't think a quarterback is even touching the, the first round besides those five guys. But... Um... I got cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State. This guy is amazing. This guy is great. I think he's. I think he's going to live up to uh, to what people think, and he's going to come in for the Saints. Marshawn Lattimore, of course, a really good cornerback on the opposite side. 
you're bringing in Asante Samuel Jr. Um, with a, with a team that struggles with cap, so obviously they're going to need to get these young guys in. Um, I think Asante Samuel Jr. is is a great pick here, and I don't I don't think they're going to go quarterback for the mere fact that they brought both Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston back, and Taysom Hill's contract, which is so much money, so I don't, I don't think a quarterback would be a viable option for the Saints. Twenty nine, we have the Packers. Matt's Matt's team. Who do you have your team going? Go back, go at 29. I already had them taking Newsome and obviously trading this oh, pick, right. which I'm, I'm so happy if they get Newsome. But um, so I got Indianapolis here, and I think that they got, got to go with a tackle. Um, Anthony Catazzaro, I think his contract's expiring at the end of this year, or he was already gone. I, well, I, I think his contract's expiring at the end of this year. So I think they're going to need to take a tackle to, uh, to have next to Quentin Nelson, and that is Alex Leatherwood. Um, from Alabama, I think that this can kind of be a, a reach, you know, with guys like Cosme on the board, um, Rad New, Rad News from uh, North Dakota State. Those guys are on the board, but what I like about Leatherwood is how great he was for that Alabama offense, and I think they're going to bring in this guy uh, to protect Carson Wentz, who, who is going to need the protection so he doesn't have to play hero ball all the time. Well, for the Green Bay Packers, as you guys know, I didn't have the trade. Um, I have them going another wide receiver. Uh, Matt said this guy was going to fall to the second round as well, and it's Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. You know, another 5'9 wide receiver guy, but he's quick. He can catch the ball. He has really good hands. He can work out of the slot. You know, I think that's what Green Bay Packers need, so i got to go Elijah Moore. Moving to the 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills here. I got edge rusher Gregory Rousseau um, falling all the way here. I think that Buffalo's going to take a chance, even though they already drafted, um, what was his name last year, as edge rusher? Um, A.J. Espinenza. A.J. Espinenza was a Clemson. I think it was Iowa. Was it Clemson? I think, I'm pretty sure it was Iowa, but I could be wrong. Um but no, the, taking Gregory Rousseau here, they're they're taking a chance on a guy. But I think that with his raw talent, like you said, Connor, it, it's a it's a chance to take. And I think Buffalo, it, it, Buffalo, they know that they're going to be a really good team. And if this this pick is fantastic for them, they're going to be closest. They're going to be in the Super Bowl, to be honest. If if this pick is a hit, I think they can also go cornerback here. But I'm gonna stick with Rousseau. I have the Buffalo Bills going cornerback here, and I think it's Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. They need the quarterback help, and as Matt said, if they get this pick right, they could very well be seeing themselves in the Super Bowl. So I think Asante Samuel Jr. here for Buffalo. Moving to the 31st pick towards the end of this draft, first-round draft. Um, Baltimore has this pick from Kansas City. Now, briefly talk about this trade. Orlando Brown, left tackle, was traded from Baltimore to Kansas City. As, as well as a second rounder, I want to say, and maybe a fifth rounder. And what the Ravens sent back, or what the Chiefs sent back, is this 31st pick, a third rounder. I want to say like a fourth. Sixth, I think it was a fourth. Fourth rounder, too. So so just, just Orlando Brown and a bunch of picks. Obviously, this helps the Chiefs so much getting a left tackle. We saw Eric Fisher gone. We saw Mitchell Schwartz gone. So getting a left tackle like this is just keeping the Chiefs at a pace to go to the Super Bowl to be a favorite in the uh, AFC. For the Ravens, I got them taking wide receiver Terrence, Terrence Marshall Jr. from LSU. Um, he played with Joe Burrow. Didn't He didn't have a fantastic year last year, but also LSU was not a fantastic team. They had some quarterback issues. 
but he did play well with Joe Burrow two years ago, and I think he's a, he's a nice option for uh, Lamar Jackson on that offense. I'm going to stick with uh, offensive line. You know, they they got they traded away um, Orlando Brown. They got to bring someone in to to keep it keep that offensive line stable. So I think I'm going Walker Little out of Stanford. Really good offensive lineman who I think can be good for Baltimore. See, I thought about going a tackle, but they also are talking with Alejandro Villanueva, and they're bringing in another tackle. So I, I think that they're going to look towards free agency for that. But that could totally be uh, a good option. Last pick, 32, the Super Bowl champs who just somehow, somehow kept their whole roster. Um, 32, I got them taken. Quiddy Pay, you talked him up so much, I think he's going to fall all the way to 32. No chance. No chance Quiddy Pay I think is will. available at the 32nd overall pick. There's no way. There's no way. We're talking about Gregory Rousseau going. We're talking about Jason Owa going. We're talking about Jalen Phillips. Have J- I don't have Jason Owa going. Well, I do. There is there is no way Quiddy Pay makes it through all these teams. I, I'm going to go with another linebacker here at 32, though. I'm going Aziz Ojolare out of Georgia. Uh, Tampa Bay just keeps getting better with every single move that they make. And uh, Aziz Ojolari is another great guy for their defense. Yep, especially because JPP is having an expired contract next year. And I truly, truly, I mean, I know I said this this past offseason. I truly, truly don't think they're going to be, be able to bring back JPP and, you know, a wide receiver and Chris Godwin. So possibly they could be in the market for a wide receiver later in those rounds. But that's finished our first round draft. It's it's 149, almost 150. A- any final thoughts on this draft, Connor? I- I'm very excited. I'm so pumped to get to Thursday night. And, you know, I have this ritual. Every year before the draft, at some point, I watch the movie Draft Day with uh, Kevin Costner about when he's the uh, the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. A- incredible movie. I cannot wait to watch that this upcoming week. And just super excited for the festivities in Cleveland there on Thursday. And might, might as well. Quarterback talk. Quickly. Davis Mills, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask. Where are they falling? What teams do you think are the options there? Even Ian Book, too, we'll say that. I don't know about teams. I think I think Davis Mills and Kyle Trask could be day two picks. And then I think Ian Book and Kellen Mond are both going to be day three picks. I think Kellen Mond is going to be day two. I think Davis Mills is going to be day two. I think uh, day three is going to be Kyle Trask. Unfortunately, I, I like Kyle Trask, but I think he's going to be day three. And Ian Book, day three. Teams I think that could take him or take those quarterbacks. Steelers, Saints. Um, Saints would probably be a day two, three quarterback. But Saints and then also the Patriots since I don't have the Patriots taking a quarterback. But that's going to wrap up our NFL draft talk. The NFL draft is Thursday night. I want to say 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Yeah, 8 o'clock. Um, so, fans, tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to catch a break, and when we come back, we're going to do the GOAT question of the week. We have an app. Take VIC Radio with you on your iOS device. That's right. The best of what's next is available wherever you go. Current song information, in-app access to social media, sleep timer, and alarm clock settings, it's all there. Download the VIC Radio app from the App Store today. When the red flashing lights on a school bus come on and the stop sign comes out, you must stop. In New York State, you cannot move again until the red flashing lights go off and the stop sign is retracted, or until the driver or a traffic officer signals it is okay to pass. 
you must stop even on the opposite side of a divided highway. If you decide it's okay to risk a child's life and pass a stop school bus, you could face fines or even have your license revoked. Is it really worth it? Always obey the school bus stopping law in your state. Welcome back to Follow the Herd. We are currently at the 152 mark. We have about seven and a half minutes left of our show, and uh, I'm here for the GOAT question of the week. And before we get into that, we're going to run down through the UFC 261 pay-per-view from last night. A lot of great fights. Two fights ending in injury. Um, Anthony Smith beat Jimmy Crute via injury to Jimmy Crute. And uh, Chris Weidman, first kick of the the match against Uriah Hill. Leg kick snapped his ankle, obviously. Uh, prayers up to him. Hope he hope he gets to a good recovery. But then we had three championship fights. Um, Valentina Shevchenko um, beat Jessica Andrade by a, a KOTKO in the second round. Um, Rose uh, Shevchenko was able to keep her title. Um, we had Wally Zhang, who was the champion fighting against Rome. Rose Namajunas and uh, Rose was able to KO Zhang with a kick to the head, um, KO'd her to become the champion. And then the main event, we had Kamaro Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. A lot of talking, a lot of going back and forth. Kamaro Usman was able to knock out Masvidal with one of the most disgusting knockouts I've seen in, in recent history. So my question to you, Matt, the GOAT question of the week is, what is the greatest knockout of all time? Um, yeah, I'm not a huge UFC fan, so I'm, I can't really, I can name you some knockouts, but I'm going to go with one that, I'm I'm a fan of Conor McGregor's, he's, you know, growing up watching him, you know, just, just his, his ego, his image, you know, he's a very compelling character, um, so I'm going to go with his knockout against Jose Aldo, that lasted 13 seconds, what a, that was just a really great, you know, Conor McGregor's had so many great uh, knockouts, um, but that's going to be mine for the for the greatest. There's probably a greater one, and you know there 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 are greater ones, but I'm gonna have to go with Connor. I have to go with a guy who actually faced defeat last night and got knocked out, and that's that's Jorge Masvidal. You know his his fight at UFC 239 against Ben Askren. Ben Askren was just recently knocked out by Jake Paul. Um, you know was that match staged? You guys can uh, figure that out amongst yourself. Jake Paul isn't a real fighter, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. Jorge Masvidal against Ben Askren in the in the octagon. Flying knee to the head off the start of the match. Five seconds KO. Ben Askren's done. Jorge Masvidal is getting his hand raised. He's actually laying down on the mat next to him, slapping it down, counting him. One, two, three. Ben Askren's done. Five seconds. Jorge Masvidal is the winner. Ben Askren is just he's out cold. I remember watching that like recently because... I watched the Jake Paul Ben Askren press conference. He was just out cold. I mean, yeah. that was insane. Um, but I mean, you know, Jake Paul. Jake Paul's knockout, which was last weekend. Obviously, we didn't get to talk about it because we weren't on air last weekend. But that was a pretty good knockout. It was a, it was a pretty funny fight to watch. I'm not gonna lie, it was entertaining. I mean, listen, a lot of people don't like Jake Paul, and I personally don't like him as a, as a, you know, as a human being. I don't think he's that great of a guy, but. With the entertainment standpoint, I like seeing him fight. I like him calling out all these guys, and I like to see the entertainment because, oh, let's be honest, when he wins, he is going ballistic. He's calling out so many different guys, and we're just gonna, we're going to see a better fight next time, and quite possibly we it's just going to keep going like that. I, I cannot call 
Jake Paul a real boxer until he steps into the square against another real boxer. You know, he's fought Nate Robinson, handled him quite easily, you know. I mean, we don't have to recall that knockout. I don't think Nate Robinson wants to see any more pictures of that. Um, Ben Askren, he was able to knock him out. But, you know, Ben Askren was now 37 years old, I think, 36 years old, looked really overweight for the fight and, you know, wasn't prepared. Jake Paul, I think if he can step into into the ring against a guy like KSI or... Oh, no, no. K- he'd knock out KSI easily. I don't think you would. KSI's not that good of a fighter. Even still, though, it would be a better fight, and it, it would make him... It would make his resume more more noticeable because he's knocking out people who have actually trained to box for their lives. If If Jake Paul fought Ben Askren in the octagon in the UFC fight... Jake Paul's done. No chance. Yeah. He's getting he's getting choked out. He's getting kicked in the head. You know, if Jake Paul can go into the square and and fight an actual boxer and show his skills that way, there's no doubt. He's 23 years old. He has the skills to be successful. Until he can man up and step in against another boxer, I don't consider him one. Here's the problem I have with that argument. And while Nate Robinson, I'm not defending that at all. Like Nate Robinson didn't deserve, didn't belong in that octagon or in that in the ring. And you know, same thing with uh, Nissan Gibb, which is an also British YouTuber. But here's the thing about um, Ben Askren: he can take a punch. He's in the UFC; they're taking more than punches. And when we saw Jake Paul landed one good hit on him. He was just knocked out. Jake Paul can hit so hard. Like, he can hit really hard, and he has that mentality that he's going to go in and kill the opposite, the guy opposite of him. And I don't think Logan Paul had that at all. Like, Logan Paul's even said that on his podcast. So I just, I think Nate Robinson, or I think Jake Paul is a fighter. Like, I think he'd be able to hold his ground against a boxer, not necessarily win. I think he'd be able to hold his ground and have a a decent fight against a boxer. That's all I'm asking. If he can step into the ring and have a decent fight against an actual boxer and have that on his resume uh, uh, at 23 years old, that he's able to go in and hold his own against a professional in the field, uh, absolutely, all credit to him. I, I, I think he would make a real fighter there. Stepping in against an overweight Ben Askren, a 36-year-old overweight Ben Askren who was smiling and walking off into the sunset with his wife after he got knocked out because he knows he got paid really well. You know, if he can step into the ring with a guy who actually cares about that fight and wants to be there and wants to knock out Jake Paul and doesn't care about the money along with the fight and wants a good fight, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll say Jake Paul's right real fighter. Until he can step in with a real guy who's a real competition to him, I don't consider it. I mean, we'll just have to see who he fights next. A lot of names being thrown out. Dylan Dennis, uh, who is friends with Conor McGregor, and uh, so many more names. I, I, I mean, w- there's an exhibition that might go on here I saw in June between Floyd and Logan Paul. Floyd Mayweather yeah. and Logan Paul. So, I mean, Logan's just getting the money. He's getting a ton of money. Who, who knows if that's going to start any beef there between Floyd and Jake Paul. That would that would be interesting. I, I doubt it. I, I think Jake Paul knows. Logan, I think he knows going in he's going to get knocked out. It's Floyd Mayweather. But, like, if, if Logan wins, he just beat the greatest boxer of all time. So I think it's a win-win for him. Well, we are at the 159.40 mark. we got 20 seconds left. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Matt, do you have any final last comments? Just watch the NFL draft. Hey, we hope you guys all have a great week. We'll be remote next week, so you guys can catch us here. Same time, 1 o'clock on VIC Radio Ithaca. Until next time, we're Follow the Herd.